Hustle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. Good Monday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. As we, uh, as if you're headed out this morning and you, you haven't left the house yet, first things first, grab a little hoodie, little jacket, little something because, I don't know, uh, all these hurricanes have definitely ripped in some, uh, some, uh, some cool weather. And uh, between this weekend and this morning, it's validated uh, maybe hoodie weather. May need to get a hoodie out and uh, and get that going. But man, what a weekend! What a weekend indeed. As we've uh, we've talked about, uh, you know what we we said Friday was that you had all these different options to watch, and that that's very much true. In the fact that. Uh, you know, high school football gave us something Friday night and then a big, big game Saturday that uh, kind of went weird, uh, different than from what I thought. Uh, college football, a lot of postponements, a lot of different things, but nonetheless had some college football this weekend. NFL did their thing. And then the NBA playoffs are finally getting to a point to where it interests me. Uh, we're in the, the conference championship range. Uh, Celtics Heat are in the Eastern Conference, and then Nuggets Lakers in the Western Conference. And uh, Celtics, and we'll we'll talk about that how they got there. But the Celtics get back uh, in in the mix, down two one now after a big win this weekend. And then the uh, the Lakers look to uh, look to be getting early on a, a big time two zero win. And then uh, we'll just talk about how Anthony Davis uh, just kind of shut the door. Uh, on the Nuggets there last night. So, a lot to be had, a lot to be had, but uh, today's the first Monday of game week for Tennessee football. Uh, I, I hope people let that sink in. It's finally game week. Uh, you know, nobody knows what Tennessee's going to roll out there. Nobody knows how much practice uh, this offensive line's had. Nobody knows whether whether Cade Mays is going to get cleared by the Southeastern Conference to be able to play this weekend etc etc so on and so forth but you know what saturday came and went and that's the last saturday that we got to be without tennessee football uh, at least for a week uh you know the the plan is is to head to columbia south carolina this saturday uh take on some gamecocks and uh and and try to rough shot a 10 game schedule uh that um you know that that's a little different than normal but will be uh what 2020 is remembered for but, uh, you, you know, also uh, five days until it's football time in Tennessee. I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. I, I, I'm, I'm just – it's game week. I, I think I want to, you know, kind of shift gears and maybe do some, some matchup stuff, you know, what, what Tennessee versus South Carolina looks like, and we'll, we'll just unfold that as the week progresses. But, uh, you, you know, today uh, – Look back on the weekend, what what the weekend gave us, what we had coming out, and um, you know I think it starts with our our, our local teams. You know, 
Uh, Chucky Doak uh, took care of North Green. That's a 68-12 to victory. Uh, doesn't really matter how they got there. They scored 68, so they're going to win a lot of football games. Claiborne knocks off Unicoi County. Uh, Claiborne stays 4-0. Unicoi falls to 2-3. and Davy Crockett beat Cock County 49-12. to uh, a little bit of thumping there as Davy Crockett is three and two, Cock County one and four, Farragut forty-five, Morristown West fourteen, a a resounding victory for the Admirals over the Trojans of Morristown West. Farragut now three and one, Elizabethan or Morristown West now two and one. Elizabethan sixty-three to sixteen winners over Granger County on Friday night. Uh, Elizabethan now improves to four and zero. Oh. Granger County falls to two and three. Happy Valley defeated Cosby 49 to zero. Dobbins Bennett 46 to seven winners over Hardin Valley. Dobbins Bennett 4 0. Hardin Valley 0 and 5. Science Hill 35. Jefferson County 12. The Hilltoppers now 4 and 1. The Patriots of Jefferson County now 0 and 5. Uh, Tennessee High defeated Morristown East 45 to 20. Um, Tennessee High now three and one, Morristown East now one and two. Uh, Sullivan East defeated Union County thirty-five to twelve. Sullivan East two and two, Union County zero oh and five. The Volunteer Falcons held down their home front, uh, defeated Cherokee sixteen to nothing. Volunteers now two and zero, oh, Cherokee one and four. Anderson County defeated Howard blanked Howard forty-two to nothing. Uh, Greenville beat Austin East by that same margin, 42 to nothing. Greenville now 2 and 2. Austin East falls to 0 and 5. Ottawa falls to Bradley Central at Bradley Central, 45 to 7. Big time region game. Bradley moves to 4 and 1. Ottawa falls to 2 and 3. Cleveland came to Heritage and went home with an overtime victory. 35 to 28. Heritage falls to 1 and 4. Cleveland improves to 3 and 2. But man, I was I was listening to that game on the way home and and just of course, I had Carson with me and he was he was hitting the refresh button in the passenger seat just as quick as he could because we wanted to hear or see uh what happened in that football game and unfortunately, just a bad series of events in the overtime period that allowed Cleveland to get the football, do what they needed to do, score a touchdown, and just quite frankly, that was that was the end of the football game. Heritage gets the opportunity first. Cleveland answers, um, and and that's how it shook out. I, I hate it for Heritage, but I love seeing the battle. I love seeing that Heritage is still fighting and wanting to win football games. Not that they ever didn't want to win football games, but now it seems like in certain scenarios – Given given good effort uh, gets them closer to winning football games. That hasn't always been uh, the case in recent years. So, again, 35-28, Cleveland gets the win, but Heritage showed the Blue Raiders that they were there. So, 35-28 overtime uh, loss is what the Mountaineers took, and the Blue Raiders carried back to Cleveland a 3-2 and record. Uh, Northview Academy got def- got beat by Kingston, uh, 32 to six. Uh, Greenback was beaten by Oliver Springs, 21 to seven. That's a little bit of a karma win right there. As uh, Greenback mentioned this past week, I think it was Thursday, they asked about the uh, the Oliver Springs rivalry, and the the response was, 
Uh, they've got to beat us before it's a rivalry. And this was Greenback talking. No, they were one and three at that point, and Oliver Springs uh, hosted the hosted Greenback and made them one and four. So Oliver Springs says, "Well, maybe now it's a rivalry." Uh, so they moved to one and four. That was their first win of the season over Greenback. Um, Cumberland Gap was beaten by Oneida, thirty-nine to nothing. Alcoa knocks down Pigeon Forge, forty-two to nothing. Uh, post. Battle of Pistol Creek loss. Alcoa last year uh, went on a tear of about six games where they didn't allow a single point. Uh, that that tear may have ripped off uh, their Friday night as they begin uh, being in a, in a meaty part of their schedule as far as region play goes. And uh, and Alcoa is just a class of 3A in general. So Alcoa moves to 4-1. and one. That was the first loss of the season for Pigeon Forge. They fall to 2-1. and one. Gatlinburg Pittman. Gatlinburg Pittman defeats Scott County 44 to 14. Uh, Knox Central uh, gets a win over Seymour, a COVID win. Uh, they charted as one to nothing. South Doyle defeats Sevier County 60 to 20. Leave no doubt is what looked like happened at South Doyle. Uh, William Blunt falls to McMinn County 63 to 32. Gibbs fall or Gibbs, yeah, Gibbs falls to Campbell County 41 to 31. Fulton defeats Carnes 47 to 7. Fulton improves to 2 and 3. Carnes falls to 0 and 4. Uh, Oakland, this is one that uh, Maryville faithful would want to know about. Uh, they defeat Cookville 42 to 7. Oakland now 5 and 0 on the season. Cookville 3 and 2 on the season. Kind of scrolling down through there to see if there's any other teams. Lenore City falls to Ray County 41-7. Not sure that surprises many people, but Ray County improves to 4-0. Lenore City falls to 0-5. And And then the final uh, game we'll talk about, Maryville. The Red Rebels defeated Bearden 28-0. I was able to be at that game, calling that game on WGAP. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, the weather was and the the Rebels were uh, a a little, little slow to get started. Uh, as you know, we were at Bearden and I'm up there in the press box and the sun's still out. And I'm like, that wind's kind of cool. And then as the sun goes down, it gets colder and colder and colder. <laughs> and then finally I tuck in behind the press box and try to get away from it a little bit. Uh, I have no qualms with saying, uh, how, uh, how, I don't know how much of a quitter I was. I don't know what you want to say, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, that's how that that shakes out. But Maryville gets the win nonetheless, twenty-eight to nothing. Bearden falls to zero and four. Maryville improves to four and zero. Bearden had a, had a rough stretch, you, you know. Like I said, and I'm not going to take anything away from them. Uh, Calavato, their quarterback, he's a he's a big body quarterback that knows how to run, knows how to use the full length of the field, knows how to use his size. Uh, I thought they came in with a pretty good game plan. I thought they did some things, got upfield on Maryville, really, really kind of pushed the issue with Parker in the run game, and uh, I think forced Maryville to kind of transition a little bit, uh, which I think is good for this young football team. But uh, I thought they came in with a good game plan. The problem is this Bearden team, the three teams they have played, one of those losses being a COVID loss, uh, the three teams they've played, Bradley Central, Dobbins-Bennett, and Maryville, uh, all three of these are really good and adjustable football teams. Uh, they know what they can do, and they, they do that on a regular basis. Uh, Maryville just kind of, 
you know, knocked it neutral for a minute, gave a minute to think, and then uh, came back a little stronger, did that again, came back a little stronger, and then before you knew it, uh, they had they had they had put four scores on the board, and Bearden was unable to come back. Uh, you know, I thought the the tail of the game was the fact that that Maryville kind of gave Bearden a couple short fields that should have, in in all honesty, should have resulted in Bearden points. Uh, but I think you credit that Maryville defense and what they're able to do, how they're able to bow their back against their own goal line. Uh, held Bearden out, I think, inside the two-yard line, held them out two different plays uh, that turned over Bearden on their own, too. So I, I think you speak volumes for that defense and what, what Coach White does on that side of the football. Uh, but Maryville, uh, resilient is a good good answer for, for what happened at Bearden. First road game of the year, you're going to have a few little hiccups, and I thought Bearden was equipped uh, to shake that chain a little bit. So 28 to nothing was the final. But I think Maryville learned a lot uh, as their kids went on the road for the first time. Uh, this week they'll have Farragut at home, and uh, they'll come back to the friendly confines of uh, Skeeter Shield Stadium, Jim Renfro Field, and uh, and hopefully uh, have a real good battle with the Admirals. I think this week's going to be a huge week uh, in conference. Maybe, uh, I mean, honestly, maybe the game of the year uh, post-Alcoa. Uh, I think you look at it, and and the Admirals with, with what they've got going on with their coach, with his uh, his illness, and them playing for him, with them having some success this year and having a good run at it. I think you look at it, and you've got to be uh, you've got to be mindful of those Admirals because ultimately uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna bring a lot to the table. Uh, Bradley Central they defeated Farragut has beaten Bradley Central, Oak Ridge, and Morristown West. Uh, and, and in all of those, at least scored uh, average scoring uh, about 32 points. Uh, Knox West, the only team to beat Farragut, uh, they uh, they kind of corralled the the Admirals down to seven points. But Knox West has proven to be a very good football team. So uh, I think you look at it. Uh, Farragut last year uh, in the regular season uh, had some success against against the Rebels due to some injury, due to some sickness. Uh, and then in the postseason, it was all Rebels. Uh, but we'll see which version of that kind of hits the, the, the turf uh, this year in 2020. As, as the dy- dynamics have changed, the leadership has changed, the on-field leadership has changed at Maryville. And, uh, and we'll see uh, which, which version uh, of this Maryville-Farragut matchup uh, will hit the turf uh, this Friday night. But Saturday also had some dynamics, also had a game to be played, and it was none other than a, a hot-to-trot Powell football team, a team that's had a lot of success lately, uh, just just uh, uh, been able to, to kind of grind some out but also been able to blow some out, and, uh, and, and Saturday night was more of the latter. As Knox Central came in 5-0, Powell came in 4-0, it was a battle of undefeateds on TV, and uh, and it did it did not disappoint. Knox Central uh, looked like they ran out of gas a little bit, and Powell put the pedal down. Uh, Thirty-four to eighteen was the final. Powell defeats Knox Central. Uh, Knox Central two-time defending state champions. Powell uh, climbing that mountain. So uh, you know Matt Lowe and his crew uh, they struggled week one against Anderson County, and you kind of question. What, what they had in that football team, but I think that quarterback uh, kind of stepping out of the shadows, ripping that uh, touchdown play 
down in the end zone that really sealed that deal uh, has has built on that and is playing a really nice brand of football now. So Powell defeats Knox Central 34-18, to and it uh, it's off to the races for, for the Powell Panthers. As Knox Central falls to five and one, I don't think this is one that's uh, that's gonna you know really derail their their trajectory. I think Knox Central still is a very good football team, uh, but you do look at this; uh, it's a non it's a non region game, so uh, that this loss will not dictate that. But I think it does check them because they've been able to to, to handle their their region game so far, Sevier County and Seymour. But they do have a uh, a rivalry Thursday matchup coming. Uh, with South Doyle there October, um, that this game will definitely um, kind of peak them to that to that level. Uh, Knox Halls, Carter, and Gibbs, I don't think any of those three teams are going to battle uh, with, with Central. I think Central will be able to mow those down. The, the next big test uh, for the Central Bobcats will be against South Doyle on October 22nd. So uh, that that's kind of where the high school ranks sit after after week number five. Week number five, game number four was for the Rebels, but a lot of teams have five in. Uh, some bye weeks to come for some of these teams and, and a little break uh, as they look to push the envelope and push toward the back half of a 2020 regular season. I don't, I don't know that many people thought we would get uh, to the first half completion of 2020, and we are now pushing uh, to push the back end of this, this schedule and get some, some more games in. So, again, I think that's uh, – Credit to school systems, local uh, health departments, et cetera, et cetera, and, and a credit to the people who attend these games because they have uh, been wearing masks and social distancing. But, hey, we're going to distance ourselves, listen to some fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk NBA and MLB, little results action uh, on a Monday edition. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey, and I am running for re-election to represent District 20 in the Tennessee State Legislature. It has been an honor to represent the interest of Blount County in Nashville. The history and development of our community are at the forefront of the decision I am asked to make in the legislature. Throughout my years of service, your calls, emails, and letters have played a large part in the decisions I have made. With your dedicated civil engagement and insight, I have continued to introduce support and pass legislation you have asked for resulting in growth and progress. There is still much to be done, especially in these unprecedented times before us. Proven leadership and know-how is imperative as we address the difficult issues that lay ahead. When I say your choice for your voice, that means I will continue to fight for your choices. I have yet to waver in my commitment to speak for all of Blount County the best way I know how. I thank you and appreciate your support as we continue 
to move Blount County forward. I'm Bob Ramsey and I approve this message. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blunt County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online the grind on that's the grind on we don't always promise to be perfect but we promise to give you our honest opinion this is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. As we've reviewed high school football, we're going to jump to the NBA and Major League Baseball as those two uh, those two uh, leagues, I guess, are, are nearing uh, nearing completion as the, the basketball season, uh, normally a June finish, uh, of course, with the late return post-COVID, um, they are still battling it out. But Major League Baseball, uh, the, the – 
adjusted 60-game schedule is near completion uh, as some teams are as, as tight as as maybe 55 games complete. Uh, and so there's this week should finish uh, those. The wild card round should start somewhere around the 29th of this month. But if you look at the standings, uh, Tampa Bay and the Yankees in the AL East have clinched. Uh, they they are, are in the postseason. I, I think, of course, Tampa is going to be the uh, the division winner more so. Uh, but uh, the the Yankees have rebounded and gotten themselves in a uh, a comparable position to be uh, to be counted. Uh, the 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 Blue Jays, Orioles, and Red Sox sit uh, several games back. I think uh, the only one really still in play is the Blue Jays. I think the Orioles and Red Sox uh, systematically uh, eliminated. Uh, Chicago White Sox, Minnesota Twins, they are also locks for the playoffs. Uh, the Cleveland Indians sitting there pretty close. I think the Tigers and Royals eliminated. Uh, and then the AL West, the Oakland Athletics have clinched, uh, but nobody else in that division has clinched. Houston Astros, Mariners uh, in the, the two and three hole. I think the Astros probably the only uh, really close game. I know they have some close interdivisional games, uh, this week, which is why neither one of those teams uh, have said to clinch. But if I had to guess, it would be the Astros, uh, the Mariners, Angels, and Rangers, all 10-plus games uh, behind the Athletics. So uh, I would not expect those guys uh, to move on very much. Uh, in the National League, uh, not as many clinchers uh, as, as there's some pretty tight races uh, for the tops in, in any of these divisions. Uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, still hold the top spot in the NL East. Uh, but the Marlins only three games back. The Phillies only four games back. Mets seven games back. And the Nationals ten and a half games back. Probably the lone um, eliminated franchise uh, in that division. Kind of tough to see that uh, as they are the reigning World Series champions. But barely just, just crossed the threshold of 20 wins. So uh, cannot expect to make postseason play that way. Uh, the Chicago Cubs still cling to the lead in the Central. Uh, with the Cardinals three and a half back, the Reds four and a half back, uh, the Brewers four and a half back, and the Pirates uh, eliminated at 16 games back. Uh, the two clinch uh, teams in in the National League, and they're the two best records in the National League. The LA Dodgers at 38 and 16 have clinched, uh, and then the San Diego Padres 34 and 20, four games back in their own division, but the second best re- record in the National League. The Giants, Rockies, and Diamondbacks all double-digit behind status, uh, so they, they in my book, are eliminated from uh, from their division and from postseason more, more than likely because, again, uh, several teams with better records uh, than that in the rest of the National League. Uh, right now, as it sits, uh, the Dodgers, Padres uh, locked in, Cubs, uh, Cardinals would, would represent the Central, and then Braves, Marlins, uh, would represent uh, the East, and then the two additional wild cards uh, based around the extended playoffs uh, would probably be the Cincinnati Reds at 27 and 27 currently, and the uh, and the Philadelphia Phillies at 27 and 26. Now that's if the playoffs started today. Of course, they do not. Uh, several teams have at least uh, at least. Uh, six or seven more games to go in the regular season, and that we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, I'm going to try to get some scores and some schedules for the week uh, to see how and who uh, kind of beat each other up 
uh, moving forward this week. I, I know the National League have a lot of not a lot of national interdivisional uh, play that that could definitely um, have some bearing uh, on what could happen. Let's let's see if I can get that pulled up tonight. Uh, looks like yeah, you've you've got some Phillies Nationals, uh, which should be uh, pretty good for the Phillies. I think they will have some opportunities to to gap that a little bit. The the Reds have the Brewers. Uh, that would be an opportunity for the Reds to kind of get their their self uh, separated. Uh, the Braves and the Marlins. Uh, I think that's an an opportunity for the Bravos to clinch uh, some uh, some chances. Uh, and then the Astros have the Mariners. So maybe um, they they continue to do their thing and uh, and get some things done. But uh, don't see. Don't see the matchups that I was thinking I would see. You know, kind of a uh, you know interdivisional games. Cubs got the Pirates, so that should be a good uh, good tune up for them for whoever they've got later in their in the in the week. But uh, uh, we'll see how these things shake out. Uh, you've got the uh, the Indians and the White Sox. I think that's a pretty good battle uh, there in Cleveland, and uh, and see who comes out of that one. Yankees Blue Jays. Even though the Yankees have clinched, I think they they would like to uh, to to close a little bit. Uh, on the the uh, close a little bit on the Rays, and they could do so by defeating uh, interdivisional opponent the the Toronto Blue Jays. They'll play it in Buffalo though, uh, as Canada would not allow uh, baseball in uh, in their their country or at least travel across borders uh, during this baseball timing. So, nonetheless, uh, we'll uh, we'll move on with it and hope wish for the best uh, in in that regard. Uh, but y- you know what? Uh, I'll tell you, and, and that's Major League Baseball in a nutshell. Uh, this week is a really big telling week, and really the finale, the full last full week of of, of regular season baseball uh, before we go into postseason play, an extended postseason uh, that should uh, allow for some teams that wouldn't have had an opportunity last year to have opportunity, but also uh, to see a champion crowned uh, here in 2020. So all of that. Uh, is is great to to talk about, but the NBA, uh, they're a lot closer to crowning a champion. Uh, they've got uh, just four teams remaining. Uh, you've got the Heat and the Celtics in the East, and you've got the Lakers and the Nuggets in the West. And uh, and just quite frankly, the 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 Western Conference started on Friday, and uh, after last night, uh, is already halfway there. As the Lakers have built a two to nothing lead, and uh, and really. Uh, in a lot of ways, dominant fashion. They let the Nuggets creep back in uh, last night, but uh, Anthony Davis in a, um, I don't know, just an interesting turn of events, quite frankly, because uh, he, how you leave that guy open to take the last shot maybe maybe is a, maybe is a discussion point in the, in the locker room for the Nuggets. But uh, both games have went by the way of the Lakers. Friday night's matchup, 126 to 114. The Lake Show gets the one to nothing. Uh, lead there in the Western Conference Finals, and then last night, uh, Anthony Davis on a a basically pick and roll little uh, top of the you, you know I guess left side of the circle um, jump shot uh, buzzer beater three to win Game Two for the Lakers. They were in the Mamba jerseys. You kind of felt like they had something going, um, but honestly, Murray Jokic uh, had really really kind of muscled the Nuggets back in position. Uh, they were up by one. With I think 2.1 seconds to go, AD gets the inbounds play, uh, doesn't put it on the ground, turns, shoots, and uh, the clock hits zeros basically to to end this thing. So 
Lakers have a 2-0 lead. Uh, they, they know the Nuggets are coming. They know the Nuggets will make a run. Uh, so both Anthony Davis and LeBron James said that post game. So I don't think they're, they're sleeping on the Nuggets. Uh, but at the same time, uh, they were really uh, excited about taking that big shot, uh, getting getting done what needed to get done, and honestly, in spite of LeBron James having a very quiet uh, second half. So uh, that was the, the tale of the tape for the Western Conference. Late start for the Western Conference. Eastern Conference already three games deep uh, as they've, they uh, completed game three on Saturday, uh, and that was a, a Celtics get-back-in-the-conversation uh, basketball game as they really they put together probably the best four quarters of basketball that they have in this postseason as they uh, as they scored uh, near 30 points every single quarter really held down uh, the heat to under 33 of the four quarters and uh, defeated the heat 117 to 106 uh, to get back in that conversation as I said two to one lead for the heat uh, but the Celtics uh, again announced that they still had life uh, in this matchup, 25 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists for Jason Tatum, uh, near a triple double, really close there, uh, and 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 I think Boston has the firepower to get there. I, I think they've got the pieces to do that. In the first two games uh, that they lost to the Heat, with three minutes to go, the the Celtics are leading. Uh, a lot, the majority of those first two games, the Celtics were leading, and the Heat and Jimmy Butler and Adebayo. Uh, those guys uh, just really claw back in and, and know when they need it, and they need it at the end of the game, not in the middle of the game. So uh, I think I think they do a strong job of, of getting some of that stuff uh, in their own hands, and uh, I think the the, the Celtics got to dig deep and dig one out. Uh, Tuesday uh, will be the, the next opportunity uh, for them to do that, and uh, we'll see how they do. But if you look at the Celtics, uh, the Celtics are seeing – uh, you know, good good production by four of their starting five. I thought Thies, uh, or Thice, however you say his name, uh, the big man for the Celtics could have used a little bit extra help. I thought they got some help off the off some of the big guys off the bench. Grant Williams played nine minutes, five points, uh, two of four from the, the from the field. Uh, he had two rebounds, uh, one steal. Uh, I, I like the way Grant contributes. You know, it's not a it's not a a, a huge number of minutes. Uh, but when he comes in there, you you can tell that he's in there and he's not hurting uh, the the team. So I think that's what they're they're excited about with him. Uh, you know, Hayward played 31 minutes, uh, six points. You'd like to have a little bit more from him, uh, but nonetheless, uh, they get it done. Uh, when you look at the Heat, uh, really not a ton of uh, of difference. I, I thought the the production for Jimmy Butler was down 37 minutes, 17 points, uh, but beyond that. I thought Adebayo had 27. I thought Jay Crowder with 10, uh, Drogic uh, and Robinson with 11 and 13, respectively. I thought that was pretty much uh, the norm. Tyler Hero had 22 points off the bench. Um, I, I really thought I really thought they played about as well as they're going to play uh, in these fr- in, in this series. Uh, Jimmy Butler may have more points, but I think that's going to take it off of some of those other guys, Hero, uh, Crowder, etc. So uh, I think. I think if you can score over this 106-109 number, uh, then you're going to beat the Heat quite a bit. Uh, but the Celtics have just had a hard time doing that. Uh, again, just uh, getting late starts, kind of kind of holding to a, a tight lead uh, late in the game, and then the Heat just kind of making more plays. So uh, we'll see if the Celtics can respond. Uh, looking at, at what they've got coming up, 
Uh, going to try to get back to the schedule. Like I said, I think Tuesday's the next matchup uh, in this in this series. Uh, no games tonight, uh, which is kind of weird, uh, as uh, as it seems like everybody's taking advantage of the uh, of the uh, uh, the TV now that that we've went with uh, with no sports for so long. Now it's like polluted uh, with sports. Actually, Wednesday will be the next time the Heat and Celtics match up. Eight thirty start uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday will actually be the Lakers and Nuggets game three. They're trying to level those schedules and try to get them both uh, with three games in. So um, we'll see how that shakes out. I mean, I still I, I think it's the Lakers and Celtics uh, coming out of this thing. But uh, I, if I had to guess uh, of a team that's really, really going to uh, question my motives, uh, it would be the the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler and company. But uh, nonetheless, I think uh, history is going to show been there before and uh, they they can if they level this thing back up Wednesday, uh, then then I, I stick to my guns. If they go down one game to three, then we may have to uh, readjust. A uh, slight bump in the road would cause for readjustment. But hey, uh, that's uh, MLB and NBA as we are really close to claiming a champion or at least being at a championship series uh, in the NBA and Major League Baseball. The last full week of action here this week. As, uh, as a lot of teams have an opportunity to clinch here in the next couple days. And, again, we'll try to try to incorporate that and talk that out as it happens and as it comes about. But we're going to take another quick break, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, college football and game week for the Vols. Today, Jeremy Pruitt will talk to the media. He'll have his, his week game week press conference, and uh, then we'll be off and running. But, hey, we're going to take a break, listen to these great sponsors. We'll be back. In just a minute, you don't want to miss it. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors 
Realtors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Tired of your current job? Looking for a career change? Want to stay home in Blunt County? Then check out the many job openings and company career pages at BluntAreaJobs.com. Here you'll find complete job descriptions and an easy application process. Don't waste any more time. Get to searching for your next career. You can find Blunt Area Jobs on Facebook and Instagram. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as timeout protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use Common Sense. Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey, and I am running for re-election to represent District 20 in the Tennessee State Legislature. It has been an honor to represent the interest of Blount County in Nashville. The history and development of our community are at the forefront of the decision I am asked to make in the legislature. Throughout my years of service, your calls, emails, and letters have played a large part in the decisions I have made. With your dedicated civil engagement and insight, I have continued to introduce support and pass legislation you have asked for resulting in growth and progress. There is still much to be done, especially in these unprecedented times before us. Proven leadership and know-how is imperative as we address the difficult issues that lay ahead. When I say your choice for your voice, that means I will continue to fight for your choices. I have yet to waver in my commitment to speak for all of Blount County the best way I know how. I thank you and appreciate your support as we continue to move Blount County forward. I'm Bob Ramsey and I approve this message. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the jam-packed Monday edition of The Grind. As we've talked about high school sports, we've talked about uh, a little bit of NBA, a little bit of uh, you know Major League Baseball. Uh, we've we've kind of talked it all uh, this morning, and we've still got two sports to go. College football, NFL uh, on the docket, and, and, and quite frankly, 
uh, they put on a pretty good show this weekend as well. Uh, college football, it, it says it's in week three, uh, but, you know, as SEC fans would say, that's probably preseason uh, week three uh, because you, you don't see you don't see SEC opponents and, and really um, – that whole means more thing is is pretty legit. Uh, I would say uh, that it that it means quite a, quite a bit. And then honestly, quite frankly, some of the matchups haven't been uh, necessarily the best to watch. But I will say on the turquoise field of Coastal Carolina, they defeated Campbell uh, there early uh, Friday, uh, forty three to twenty one. If that if that's something that flips your trigger, uh, number one Clemson, forty nine to nothing winner over the Citadel. Uh, they are now 2-0, 1-0 at home as Trevor Lawrence kind of uh, four TD passes kind of fuels uh, his uh, conversation. Notre Dame defeats South Florida 52 to nothing. Oklahoma State, the number 11 team in the country, uh, squeaks one out 13 fourth quarter points uh, to come from behind to defeat Tulsa uh, at home. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, 27 carries, 93 yards and a touchdown. Um yeah, number 11 team in the country. Uh, number 13, Cincinnati defeats Austin P 55-20. UCF defeats Georgia Tech 49-21. Uh, had some sweet, smoky gray unis uh, on. Miami defeats uh, number 17. Miami defeats number 18. Uh, Louisville 47-34. Uh, Derek King, uh, 18 of 30, 325 yards and three touchdowns led the Hurricanes. Uh, to a big time victory, uh, I like the way that kid plays. Plays with a lot of heart, and uh, and quite frankly, you can tell uh, he's enjoying uh, the college experience. Uh, number nineteen, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns defeat Georgia State, thirty four thirty one. And believe me, uh, when I say it, that's uh, that's easier said than done. So thirty four thirty one winners, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns over uh, Georgia State. Uh, Marshall, the Thundering Herd, defeated Appalachian State 17-7. That's knocking off a ranked opponent as Appalachian State was ranked number 23 uh, in this most recent poll. Pittsburgh, number 25, defeats Syracuse 21-10 in the throwback unis. Had the yellow and blue uh, rocking. Uh, Liberty defeats Western Kentucky 30-24. Tyrell Pagrame, uh, Western Kentucky's quarterback, 193 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Navy defeats Tulane, 27-24 in a field goal, uh, <laughs> a field goal to win it, erasing 24-point deficit uh, to beat Tulane. Uh, really went into the half, uh, 24 to nothing behind, and blanked Tulane in the second half. Scored 27 unanswered uh, to win the football game in the closing seconds. Uh, Boston College defeats Duke 26-6. Phil Jurevich, uh, 17-23, 300 yards and two touchdowns was the passing leader for Boston College. And Zay Flowers, five catches, I said five, 162 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Flowers really, uh, Duke didn't have an answer for him, and I think uh, as they left the field, uh, they didn't have an answer for him. Uh, Troy defeats Middle Tennessee 47-14. to uh, Middle Tennessee now is 0-2 on the season. Uh, and Jaren Pierce, uh, their leading receiver, had a good day, uh, just not enough to overcome Troy's kind of kind of other per- points of defense. SMU, SMU, knocks off North Texas 65-35. to uh, Louisiana Tech defeats Southern Miss 31-30. I uh, saw a meme over the weekend that says nobody can miss. 
like Southern Miss, and I was like, oh, bad days. Which they had a they had a coach that resigned the previous week, so I knew they were either going to play up or play down. Actually, I think they played up. I just think La Tech uh, just at the very end had a touchdown uh, that gave uh, them the winning winning score. Uh, Texas State defeats Louisiana Monroe 38-17. North Carolina State defeats Wake 45-42. North Carolina State 1-0. Wake Forest now 0-2. And that really kind of finishes out uh, what was a eh, week three, and I'm using air quotes. Uh, Some games that were postponed, North Carolina and Charlotte was canceled. Uh, BYU Army was postponed. Houston Baylor postponed. Florida Atlantic and Georgia Southern postponed and central arkansas and arkansas state uh postponed so uh, a lot of things to uh to to wait for and to look for but as you look at week four um week four upcoming the opening weekend of southeastern conference play what have you um we're we're excited here and excited i think across the country uh to see some big boy football uh hit the field uh Start. It will start Thursday. Week four starts Thursday. It'll have a, a little tune-up. UAB South Alabama. Uh, Friday we'll have Middle Tennessee and U, uh, Texas San Antonio, and then Saturday the mix will be pretty pretty epic. K State Oklahoma, Florida Ole Miss, Notre Dame Wake, Kentucky Auburn, Tennessee South Carolina, uh, Pitt Louisville, Georgia Tech Syracuse. Uh, Mississippi State, LSU, Texas, Texas Tech, Army, Cincinnati, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Georgia, Arkansas, Duke, Virginia, uh, Alabama, Missouri. Missouri doesn't like that one. Um, Vandy, Texas A&M, Miami, Florida State. I think that's probably a pretty good game. Uh, Kansas, Baylor, uh, North Carolina State, Virginia Tech. Uh, This upcoming weekend is where the meat starts showing up. Uh, Hors d'oeuvres, chip and dip. Uh, you, you know, whatever you want to call it, has been going on for the last three weeks. This upcoming week's when football really kicks in. A lot of conference games, a lot of lot of big boy versus big boy football, and uh, quite frankly, a lot to be excited about as we move into what we're going to call week one, uh, but what a lot of people is going to call uh, week four. Uh, so really excited about for what football looks like. And then quite frankly, uh, NFL's upcoming. Uh, NFL has a, a game tonight, Saints Raiders, uh, to close out week two. It's been a, it's been a wild and crazy kind of week, uh, but uh, you know a lot to be had there for the NFL. I'm going to kind of hold the NFL talk uh, for tomorrow. Jeffy Mack's going to make his return to to the to the WKVL studios, and really hoping uh, to get his insight as his Steelers defeat my Broncos. Uh, and really, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a plug here so he knows what's coming. Uh, if Drew Locke doesn't get hurt, I don't know that they win. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was waiting on on Dudutch, but uh, probably not. Honestly, Ben Roethlisberger, Claypool, uh, Connor, James Connor. He he ran really well yesterday. Uh, the Steelers have a very good football team. Uh, they're doing things at, at, a, at a level that, that, honestly, I think they're going to be a lot better the later the season gets. Uh, it's just they're really good and experienced right now. Phillip Lindsay's out with turf toe. Uh, I thought Drew Locke going out with the shoulder sprain is going to hurt us. Um, you've got Vaughn Miller out with the torn Achilles. Uh, there's just a lot of 
of banged up Broncos uh, that that can't really go full full tilt. Judy got knocked, basically knocked out. Uh, Cortland Sutton's got an AC joint sprain. It's just it's the walking wounded, and Vic Fangio is just kind of a mouth breather on the sidelines. So anyway, uh, that's my opinion, and that's kind of where I take it from there. But we'll talk NFL tomorrow. One thing I want to talk about to to finish today is it's game week for the Volunteers. Uh, Tennessee has waited, has talked, has been, has has zoomed, has they've recruited, they've done all the things they need to do. But it is game week for the Volunteers. They got to head to Columbia, South Carolina. Not going to open the season in Neyland. Uh, they're going to open on the road at at the Gamecocks at South Carolina. And uh, in the most recent AP poll, Tennessee ranks number sixteen, uh, number twenty-one in the coaches. Uh, and I like where they're at. I, I I think it's a it's a it's expectations. It's it's somebody's hand in your lower back, kind of saying. We're expecting a little something, something this year, but it's not to the point uh, to where it, it's it's going to weigh you down. Uh, the coaches' poll included the Big Ten Conference this week, who announced that they're going to play. Uh, half of the Vols' opponents are raked in the AP top ten, including uh, number two Alabama, number four Georgia, number five Florida, number eight Auburn, and number ten Texas A&M. UT welcomes number two Alabama and number and Florida and A&M. Um, and number 23, no no, uh, no diss there, Kentucky all come to Neyland Stadium this year. Uh, Tennessee's 585 all-time AP Top 25 appearances, uh, ranked number 14th nationally. Um, I think if, uh, if, if you read into rankings, um, then you're already beat. You're already halfway there. I think it's a good thing to, to think about. It's, it's a good thing to be, but it doesn't really matter. If you're if you're number one team in the country, if you're you're the top dog right now, and you get beat, you're not going to the college football playoff. You don't get extra points. It's not like NASCAR. You don't get a, a you don't get extra points for leading a lap. Uh, this is this is just in in a general sense for for guys like me to talk about every day. Uh, you get an opportunity to go, huh? So the, we're the 15th best team in the country. We're the 16th team best team in the country. Sure, sure, whatever it takes to get it done, uh, we'll, we'll be there. But I think Jeremy Pruitt and, and staff look at this and say, you know what, I'll tell you this, we're number 21 in the coaches, we're number 16th in, in, in the AP, but we're number one to South Carolina. South Carolina's looking at us going, hmm, that number right next to them, that'd be nice to get to get the eraser out and kind of move that on out of there. And Will Muschamp has a history of being able to do that. So I think this week, uh, you know, Jeremy Pruitt and staff's got to figure out who's going to be able to be on the field Saturday. First and foremost, that that includes Cade Mays. Does he get SEC clearance? Uh, does he have an opportunity to play in week number one? NCAA's cleared him, so I'd like to think that that was the more difficult hurdle. Uh, but some people question that, and, and probably rightfully so because it seems like um, any conference commissioner kind of beat, walks to the beat of their own drum. Uh, I, I, I respect Greg Sankey, uh, but I hope he's timely in some of these decisions. Uh, but So we'll see if Cade Mays gets cleared. I think that's a, that's a big-time question uh, coming into week number one. Another question is, is who's going to be on the field? I think with COVID, uh, you've had a lot of different guys being on protocol, being on, you know, uh, whatever, contact trace, uh, quarantine 
whatever you want to call it. Uh, so there's been a lot of people that haven't been able to to build continuity, build a little bit of chemistry uh, with with an offense or a defense. So I think you got to understand who's going to have who's going to be able to be on the field Saturday and work those guys. Uh, really, really work to push those guys out there and uh, and get some level of continuity going. I think JG, you've got to get him corralled in. You've got to expose him to some adversity. I think you've got to kind of maybe let him be live a little bit this week. I know people are like, why would you do that and get him hurt? If he's going to get hurt, you might as well get him hurt on the practice field. Uh, I, I, You know, people may question that. But to me, he needs the first time he gets knocked down doesn't needs to be it does not need to be Saturday versus South Carolina because I'll tell you they're going to knock him down. Uh, they've got a really good defensive front. They've got a really experienced defensive front, and they're going to be a team that looks to get in his head because they know they can. Uh, there's film on it. You know, it, it's not going to take a lot uh, for you to rattle number two. So I, I think uh, he's got a lot of young receivers. I think he's going to have to get a go-to guy, a little dump package uh, that can kind of get him out of some trouble. Uh, but uh, I think all of that is game week prep uh, 101. So Jeremy Pruitt will see the media today, uh, probably via Zoom, but no, nonetheless will be, a, will be a press conference. There will be vol calls uh, this ne- you know, on Wednesday. Uh, a lot of different opportunities to hear what the head guy thinks of the volunteers going into week number one. But um, my big deal is is put a, put a decent product out there, put a product out there uh, that we're going to be proud of because I think off season we've been proud of the progress, uh, but now the rubber meets the road. South Carolina uh, is hosting the volunteers, and, and quite frankly, uh, Will Muschamp's a guy that, that isn't well-liked in my house and probably isn't well-liked by Tennessee fans. Uh, in general, so we'd love to start the season off one and zero with a victory over uh, Muskrat, Will Muskrat. So, you, you know, I, I think, and then two, I, I think Tennessee's got to work this week uh, to find out who who their next big playmakers are. I think on the defense, you know, uh, Henry Henry T or H two O as as Boone would call him. Uh, I think you know the backfield uh, that that's got some key pieces: Thompson, Flowers. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. But you've got to fill holes like Nigel Warrior. Uh, you've got to replace guys like Marquez Calloway, Juwan Jennings. Who's the next big thing? Uh, I think uh, in, in preseason camp, we think Josh Palmer. I think we think Brandon Johnson. I think we got some young wide receivers uh, that have, uh, you know, Beckwith, he's been all over the place. He's been actually, I think, uh, wide receiver, running back, and even maybe at some linebacker. He's been He's been all over the place. So, uh, will be exposed. Jeremy Banks is making his return to Tennessee. Uh, as far as at the linebacker position, how good can he be? How good could Crouch be in his second year uh, in the system? Only time will tell. But I think uh, uh, public enemy number one is getting the SEC to approve Cade Mays. Uh, that way you can have Trey Smith and Cade Mays uh, on the offensive front at the same time. But uh, to coin a, a show from yesterday, I think this week's biggest battle – uh, will be Tennessee's offensive line versus South Carolina's defensive line. I think as as we go, uh, or as the offensive line goes, so will Tennessee. And uh, I, I hope that that's a positive minute. I think that I hope that's a the place that we would like to be and be excited about being uh, as you look around. But you know what? Uh, nonetheless, game week for Tennessee. Uh, game week for uh, for for SEC football. And, uh, and game week for a lot of different things. NBA, Major League Baseball, college football, high school football, it all is happening right here, right now. And the weather's cooled, 
But things are about to get real, real hot. But, hey, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.